Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, a former Raider edge rusher signs a free agent deal with a new team. We'll tell you who and where, plus a nugget from Josh McDaniel's presser at the owner's meeting that I missed out on. We'll hear from GM Dave Ziegler about Derek Carr's contract and what goes into getting it done. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the last day of the month, Thursday, March 31st, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making it your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms and got a lot to get to on today's show. And I feel like we got a lot to get to on every day's show. But here we go, man. Let's just jump right into it. News and notes. And we'll start with this. Former Raider defensive end, third round pick Arden Key signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had kind of been on a little bit of a free agent tour and he lands in Jacksonville. Another player headed to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They spent a lot of money money this offseason uh, in free agency, picking up Zay Jones, picking up Christian Kirk, picking up Arden Key, and he's signing a one-year deal that's worth up to $7 million. That's a pretty good little chunk of change for the former third-round pick who didn't a whole lot of nothing when he was with the Silver and Black, did a lot better in San Francisco a year ago, but did really nothing. He's played 54 career games, has had 10 starts, uh, and he had a single-season career high for himself in 2021 with San Francisco, six and a half sacks. So uh, you got to give Arden Key a little bit of credit. He went to San Francisco. It was the second team since so he's been in the league, and he turned that into a $7 million contract or a contract worth up to $7 million. So not hating on the guy. As we know, he was the guy that was almost picking up the sacks while he was with the Raiders, but he did pick up the sacks with San Francisco, and now he's picking up the bag with the Jacksonville Jaguars, at least on a one-year deal. Now, I wanted to get to a couple nuggets from the owners' meetings that had to do with Josh McDaniels and what he was talking to the media about. And it's funny because when I was reading what I was reading from both Vic Tafer and Vinny Bonsignor, I kept thinking to myself, I didn't hear this audio. What I'm reading from them, I did not hear. So I don't know exactly when this stuff was talked about and discussed, but both of them have the account of it. So apparently it's something that was said while the microphones weren't on or just audio I did not get because I got a good 40-something minutes of audio when it came to Josh McDaniels, and none of the stuff we're going to talk about right now was part of that. So either it was another time when he was talking, maybe it was just those two off to the side. I don't know, but it was some really good stuff that I thought we'd pass along. So let's go ahead and jump into to a couple little news and notes or a little nuggets from Josh McDaniels at the owners' meetings. And if you want, you can get a really good summary in The Athletic. Vic Tafer put out a really good piece about it. And the first one has to do with Clee Farrell, the former number four overall pick with the Raiders. And he was just asked about what his position was going to be. How was he going to you know, have a role on this team? And basically, Josh McDaniels said, I think everybody, for us, it's going to be a clean slate. I am really not interested in what they've done as much as what we can do moving forward. He'll earn his role. Whatever the role is going to be, he'll earn it. We might have some things we ask him to do that he hasn't done as much of, but that might fit him better. So there you go. There's Josh McDaniels talking about Cleve Furrell, the former number four overall pick. And last year, he never started one game. 
and really it just kind of blew my mind. I thought that it was a done deal, you know, a foregone conclusion that he probably wouldn't even make the roster this year. And if he was, he'd be a glorified backup. And maybe that's what he's going to be. But according to Josh McDaniels, everyone's got that clean slate. They're going to go out there and they're going to battle it out in camp. And whatever they uh, expect him to do, if he's able to go out there and do it, that's what he's going to do. And that's the role he's going to earn. I'm expecting him to be a guy that they try to kick inside. Clee Farrell, the one thing I can say about him is he's always been good at stopping the run. So if that's how he, they want to play him in that role, maybe this defense under Patrick Graham is actually a better fit for him than it was under Gus Bradley and under the former defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther. So there may be a little bit of hope for Cleve Farrell. He's going into the last year on his contract, and I say it's the last year because there's no way I expect the Raiders to pick up that fifth-year option on Cleve Farrell. So whatever he's going to earn with the team, he's going to have to earn it this year. He'll probably be a free agent after that, and they decide to bring him back. They do. If they don't, they'll let him walk. And then they'll probably get some compensatory pick because he was a former first-round pick. So that was what McDaniels had to say about Cleve Farrell and anyone else that the previous regime had drafted and then they got into a conversation that I was really interested in and that's the backup quarterback position not because I'm trying to push Derek Carr out not because I think that the backup quarterback position is the most valuable guy on the on the team I do think you need a good one but I like the theory that they have I like the way that they're thinking about trying to develop a, a backup quarterback and that's I have a guy in the system so he knows exactly what they're supposed to do and what they want someone to do McDaniel said at the end of the day what we want to do is probably get into a cycle where we find people that we could bring in and could train and develop. That's a great thing for a quarterback, to have time in a system, continued development year after year, not bring them in for one year and they sit there and then we got to do it again. That's a pain in the butt sometimes. And I am all for that. I think that the good teams do exactly that. The Patriots have been in habits of doing that for quite a while. You can go all the way back to Matt Castle. You could talk about Jacoby Brissett. You could talk about Jimmy G. I mean, all those guys have come through New England. All those guys were backups there. They developed and then boom, they went on and had decent careers other places. Patriots were able to get draft capital in return. Some guys went and signed free agent deals. Patriots were able to get compensatory picks. I just think it's smart, and I think it's smart football, and on top of that, to be able to either draft a guy or get a guy in there very young and just keep him in your system and coach him up and teach him exactly what you want him to do, and then boom, then you make a decision later on. I just think it's the best position that you could possibly be in, and the Raiders haven't done that in a very long time, if ever. You know, I know that they've drafted a quarterback here and there, but they never work out and they never stick around very long. I think this is a really good decision. Now, I don't think it's something that's going to happen this year just because the Raiders don't have a first or second round pick. So most likely they'll use all the picks that they have on, on position guys, on guys that they can help build out the roster with right now. But Josh McDaniel said, at this point with where we're at, we're going to have to do something. There are a lot of things we have to look at going forward and what's the best thing for us. Short-term window or long-term window of developing a guy. I always think that's the best for a quarterback overall development, that he's in the same system, coached by the same coaches, here's the same terminology, and then in year two and year three, he's the best version of himself that he could be, as opposed to a guy that is here for eight months. But we'll see how the rest of this year unfolds. We're on the hunt. Uh, look, I don't know what they're going to do again with a limited amount of draft capital. Uh, that's probably not going to be smart to be able to do it right now, but it's something that they're definitely thinking about and something that they're going to do and start doing in the future with the Raiders. And I'm excited about that. That is smart football, in my opinion. And my final little note I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day, has nothing to do with the Raiders. It all has to do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians, the news dropped on Wednesday. He is stepping down as the head coach, but he's actually moving up. He's going into the Bucs front office. So defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, he's going to be replacing Bruce Arians on the sideline as the head coach. He actually got a five-year deal to be the Bucks' next head coach. And so apparently all this has been in the works for a while. Tom Brady apparently knew about it when he decided to make 
make his return when he came out of retirement. You know, the only thing that surprises me is the fact that it's Todd Bowles getting the head coaching job and not Byron Leftwich, you know, because Byron Leftwich was the guy that a lot of people said, oh, he's the next best thing. He's the next great thing. He's learning from Bruce Arians. So I thought that, hey, when Bruce Arians stepped down, then, you know, you'd see Byron Leftwich take over the spot. But I know Todd Bowles, you know, he went on some interviews this uh, this past offseason while there was other head coaching jobs available, including with the Raiders, but he did not get the job. And so I'm sure he's glad that he didn't. I'm not mad at Todd Bowles for getting the job in Tampa Bay. It just kind of surprised me because I thought that Byron Leftwich was going to be the next guy. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, hear a little bit from Dave Ziegler about the quarterback contracts, what they do, how they affect what Derek Carr and the Raiders are trying to get done as far as a contract extension. Plus, we'll talk about it. And you'll hear from Jordan in Oregon because this really kind of got the ball rolling, got me thinking. So all that's coming up in segment number two after I tell you about betonline.net. And you already know what time of year it is. March Madness. Final four is going to take place on Saturday. National championship game will be on Monday. North Carolina, Duke, Villanova, Kansas. Those are the ones. Blue blood, blue blood, blue blood, and blue blood. You want to get your bet on? You want to get your gamble on? BetOnline.net is your number one source. It'll give you all the information you need leading into the weekend so you can have the best odds, the best chances of winning yourself some money. But they got more than basketball. They've got hockey. They've got Vegas casino games. They've got boxing. They've got UFC. Baseball is coming up next week right around the corner. They'll have that for you as well. All you got to do is go to the website on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all the trends and all the action. BetOnline.net. That's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into some Derek Carr contract extension conversations as it pertains to the new regime. Talking about Dave Ziegler, talking about Champ Kelly, talking about Josh McDaniels, talking about doing things like they did in New England, but bringing them to Las Vegas. And, you know, this is some rumblings that I've heard about, and I didn't think that they were really realistic, but I definitely want to talk about it. And Dave Ziegler actually talked about it at the owners meeting. So first off, Jordan in Oregon, he actually called in, I believe on Tuesday, to talk about Derek Carr and his contract extension and why you just never know what could happen. Here it is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. Loving the pod, man. Some really good calls coming in. I just wanted to piggyback on a couple. And Anyway, man, I wanted to bring up a, a scenario I look at with Derek Carr and why I think that the statements made by Coach McDaniels yesterday are a big deal. Um, Q, I listened to your show yesterday, and Vinny said something that kind of stuck with me throughout the, the afternoon yesterday is, you know, until Derek Carr has signed his new deal, anything is possible. In other words, you can't count out anything. Q, you said before if somebody came and offered you a King's Ransom, you don't know what you'd say. Until that deal is signed, Anything is possible. The you know, regardless of Devontae Adams, Raider Nation, we've seen some crazy things. Crazy things. We've seen coaches guaranteeing our favorite player to be signed at local restaurants, screaming to the crowd to, a couple days later, literally losing your favorite player that you just bought a jersey for. But anyway, so my point is here is I am worried that Derek Carr maybe has has grown up <laughs> To the point, he, he is is not going to accept anything but a premium contract. Derek Carr came into the Raiders, a 22-year-old kid. You know, he's a 31-year-old man now with a family. He's been through, you know, five, six coaches. 
he's got a, a brother in his ear that he really looks up to, and I, I genuinely think David's a good guy. But I think there becomes a point in your life as a man where you start to, to look at what people value you as importance. Because, in other words, if you know, Derek's been in this league nine years, and he's seen what this league can bring you. If it's not bringing you championships, it brings you a lot of relationships, and it brings you a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, friendships. And I think part of all that it, it's going to go into. He's going to want to be shown that he's respected by his peers, his coaches. I just don't see him coming in and taking a lower contract. I've heard team friendly deal. I've heard Tom Brady team friendly deal. You know, it's one thing to take team friendly deals when you're winning Super Bowls. It's another thing to be asked to take a team-friendly deal when you've been on a losing pretty much franchise that's been kind of dragged through. Derek's been dragged through the mud a little bit. So I just think there's a point where this contract, there's going to be some of this that is, it's going to come down to show me what the respect I want. But anyway, peace out to you. Appreciate you, man. There he goes. That's Jordan in Oregon. Thank you so much for that call, my man. Thanks for sending us off here in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And I think that that's very important, you know, because Vinny Bonsignor was saying he thinks that, you know, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, they're all going to come over with that New England approach that they had with Tom Brady. But Tom Brady was a different dude. So, I mean, he was able to take player-friendly deals or team-friendly deals because of the fact that he had plenty of financials. He had a wife that had plenty of financials. He had plenty of endorsements. He had championships, like you mentioned. I mean, there was reasons why it made sense for him to take team-friendly deals. It doesn't make sense for most players to take team-friendly deals, and I would never ask a player or even think that a team would ask a player, hey, can you take a team-friendly deal? Because guess what? Teams don't take player-friendly deals. They don't ever say like, hey, man, you've been really working hard here. Man, you've been a good soldier. You don't ever, you know, talk mess. You're always here on practice. You work really hard. No, I mean, it's cutthroat. It's, hey, you know, this is what you're worth to us. This is what we're going to give you. And, oh, by the way, when we're tired of giving it to you, we're going to cut you and let you go. <laughs> this is what we're going to give you, but this is actually the only part that's guaranteed. This is all you're really going to get. That's what they do. So I would never expect a player to do that as well. But Dave Ziegler was asked about the Brady ways and the way that he took dis discounts in New England. And this was a question that Vinny asked him. Is that the philosophy that he's expecting to take to the Raiders as well? I, I would say, like, I wasn't involved in, in all the – I wasn't involved in that at all during my time in New England. So I don't really know, like – what the dynamics of that were and what those conversations were. So it kind of, it would be irresponsible for me to, um, you know, act like I did. But I think every, every individual, every player has their, you know, has their own process that they want to go through. And I think to expect someone to do something just because someone else did it, um, if you did that for everybody, you'd be in a, you know, you'd be in a hard, you'd be in a hard spot of trying to get deals done. And, and I think everybody, like, again, it's, it's to me, every negotiation is very individualistic and it's, um, it's very unique to, to that person and to the timing and to the position and whatever it may be. So no, I don't think we look at it like that. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's just a, every individual, every negotiation is its own, its own kind of own being. So there's Dave Ziegler talking about what Tom Brady did in New England and no, that's not the expectation. That's not what they're thinking players are going to do. That's not what they're thinking Derek Carr is going to do. Now, I'm not saying that they want him to go and ask for the max money. You know, hey, go get as much money as possible and try to take all our salary cap space. They're not going to say that. Obviously, it's a negotiation, but for them to go into it and think that, oh, Brady did it, so Derek Carr is going to do it. That would be foolish. And so when I heard that, and, and to Jordan's credit, when I heard that when Vinny was saying that, uh, I think we didn't have a whole lot of time left with him. 
so I didn't go back and forth with him on it. I just kind of let him let him have it. But to me, it was like, man, hold on. Someone's got to ask him about that. So I'm glad to their credit they asked Ziegler about that later on that evening. So what do they have to pay attention to? How about other quarterbacks' contracts? How about Deshaun Watson getting $230 million guaranteed? How about Matt Stafford getting a fat contract? How about Aaron Rodgers getting a boatload of money guaranteed? How about, uh, you know, all the guys that have been getting paid? Kirk Cousins, who's had multiple fully guaranteed contracts. How much do they pay attention to those contracts uh, as they're trying to put together a contract extension for Derek Carr? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's an important part. I mean, there's, a, there's an aspect that's important to that because you have to understand, like, just you know, right? You go to buy a house in a certain neighborhood, like there's the cost of living, right. right? In that neighborhood. And so that's just, it's the same with football. Like every position, there's a market to it. There's a, there's a, um, there's a cost associated with being at different levels, um, you know, within, within that, within that, within the quarter, within the quarterback group, within the receiver group, within the O-line group, whatever it is. And so like market values are obviously are important to any negotiation, whether it's, Again, no matter what the line of work is, right? That, yeah. That's that's going to be a part of it. So you have to you have to know what they are. Um, you know, they always dictate what you do, not necessarily, um, but there are markers out there. So if you think that all the contract extensions being signed by these different quarterbacks, Watson, uh, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, if you think that those things don't matter in the grand scheme of things, they do. So as they're trying to get together and get something done with Carr, all of a sudden Watson goes and gets this $230 million deal fully guaranteed, just stupid sick money, right? Not to mention he's got 22 civil suits uh, laying over his head, you know, that he's still got to work out. And they went ahead and gave him that kind of money in Cleveland so Derek Carr and his agents have all the rights to say hey look man I got you to the playoffs last year I have nothing to deal with off the field you know that I'm squeaky clean you're not gonna get a phone call at three in the morning and say Derek Carr's in jail I mean that and I'm sorry if I was a quarterback and I saw all the money that all these other guys were getting I don't have to be as good as Deshaun Watson but I know one thing I'm not that headache I'm a guy that you know exactly where I'm going to be, where I'm supposed to be at all the time. I'm a leader of men. I was able to lead the team last season through all the drama that they had. I was still able to help them get to the playoffs. Oh, I would, I'd be looking for that money, right? And that would be my reason. Say, if this dude's getting all this guaranteed money, I sure ought to be getting a lot of guaranteed money. It don't have to be the exact same, but it should be really close. And so the words we've been hearing all week, right, from Josh McDaniels, from Dave Ziegler have been the sweet spot. So what is the sweet spot? So here's Dave Ziegler talking about finding that sweet spot as it pertains to Derek Carr's contract extension. Well, I first, I first would say in, in the, the, the sweet spot, yeah. like um, that buzzword, I mean, that's really important in every contract negotiation because yeah. um, that's how they get done. Um, you know, in far, as far as the contract negotiations with Derek or with any player, here, here's what I would say with, about that, and, 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 I mean, and, I, and I do mean this, is that those are really... Um, they are really personal. They're personal things, right? They're personal to the player. They're personal to their families. They're personal for the organization. And we've all probably been through different con- contract negotiations ourselves. So for me, I think those really are things that um, the way that I'm going to handle those things here and going forward is keeping those in-house, keeping those discussions between um, myself and Tim and Derek. And I just think that's the right way to do business. I think that's the appropriate and most respect- respectful way to do business. Um, you know, I've known Tim for a long time. Tim, Tim's a good agent. He's a good person. Um, I've always enjoyed working with Tim. Um, and so, you know, we'll just we'll keep keep hammering away and keep, you know, keep working together, whether it's Tim or with any other agent. But I do think like I think the best practice is to keep those things in house 
and and um, just continue to, to work through them. So he didn't give a whole lot when it comes to the sweet spot, except for that they're very personal and they're going to keep the negotiations in-house, which is smart. You don't want to go ahead and put it out there in the media and start, you know, having everyone judge, you know, fans judge. Well, how can we turn down this? I can't believe they offered him this and he turned that down. No, just, hey, let them work that out. And so as far as the sweet spot goes, Let's put it like this. Derek Carr could, and I don't know this. This is just me talking. Derek Carr and his people could say, hey, I want $40 million a year. That's what I want. And the Raiders could say, hey, we're willing to give you $32 million a year. And so then they have that $8 million gap. Well, I'm not going to take anything less than 40. That's Derek Carr's people. And the Raiders say, well, we're not going to give you any more than 32. Okay, well, now we have a stalemate. Now, okay, so somewhere we've got to meet in the middle. But if you meet in the middle and you get to around 34, 35 million dollars, you're still four or five million dollars off. You know what I mean? So how do they get to a middle even? How do they get to some ground where it's like, okay, it's not quite as much as you wanted, but it's a little bit more than we wanted to give. That's basically bottom line what it's got to be. So, and I don't know if Derek Carr's people are asking for 40, and I don't know that the Raiders are only offering 30. I, I don't know that at all. Don't get that twisted. Don't say that I reported that. That's just an example to try to make it sound uh, easy so you understand exactly what they're doing right now. So, look, it's only March 31st. They obviously have plenty of time to get this thing done, and they will get it done. It's just they got to find the sweet spot and I'm sure they will I don't know where it's going to be I don't even want to guesstimate on where it's going to be based off those other contracts that I've already talked about I think that the price of business has definitely gone up but we'll see exactly how it all shakes out so thank you Jordan and Oregon for really getting us started in that segment and glad I had those sound bites from Dave Ziegler uh, from the owners meeting on Monday night late Monday night so coming up next your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 this is the Locked On Raiders podcast your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Sucker Free Raider. Has a couple topics he wants to hit on, including players from back in the days that were all-time Raiders and also the new overtime rule. Here he is, Sucker Free Raider. Hey, what's up, Q? Sucker Free Raider, man. I had two quick things real quick. Uh, first one is, uh, man, where's our modern uh, Bo Jackson, Howie Long, uh, Willie Brown, uh, the Snake? You know what I mean? Where, where's our modern guy? Because it's so hard to fall in love with a player now that, that'll just leave you like Khalil Mack. But, you know, not leave you, but, you know, circumstances happen or whatever nowadays. I don't even own a Derek Carr jersey because he's getting traded every Tuesday as far as rumors go and everything. So, you know, a buddy of mine paints. He paints really good. And he said, you know, I want to make you a painting of a player, you know, a Raider player or something. And it took me a while. And I said, you know, let me let me think on that for a minute. And then uh, here comes Max Crosby with his deal. They locked him in. And I'm like, you know what? That's who I'm going to run with right there. So, man, my boy's going to paint me that painting. I'm gonna get. I got. I got the Crosby jersey on the way. So I mean, I, hopefully he's a, a classic player in the making, man. Uh, the second thing, real quick, is um the, the 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 overtime rules. I heard this idea, but then never heard it again. The idea was when you win the coin toss in the beginning of the game, and you say you defer, you take it. So if you defer, you don't want it until the uh, second half. That means you won't get it in overtime. So you'll already know what team gets it in overtime. So that way it can change your mind. Like, so if it was a Kansas City versus the Bills, the Bills could have said, hey, do we really want to tie this and Kansas City is going to automatically get the ball or do we want to just go for the win? So if you can't stop nobody, you know, in overtime, then 
there you go. You might make a little different choice, but at least you know ahead of time and you, you plan accordingly. I thought that was a good idea to where, um, like I said, the whoever gets it after halftime won't get it uh, in overtime. But anyways, man, I'm out. Go Raiders. There he goes. That's my guy, Sucker Free Raider. Thank you so much for the call. And the deal is with football, it's just not what it used to be, right? Guys aren't with teams as long as they uh, as long as they used to be. They were washed and then they got released. Now, free agency and the salary cap, guys are on the move all the time. Guys are getting upset and, you know, players have more power about where they go. I mean, there's so much that goes into it now. You're not going to get those players that stay with teams for so long, you know? I mean, I'll tell you right now, I haven't bought a jersey since Khalil Mack was traded. I do own a Josh Jacobs jersey, but that was gifted to me. You know, there's just too much moving around. When the day that Khalil Mack got traded, I said, I'll never buy a jersey again. There's just too much movement around for me. You know, it just it just is. But as far as the overtime rule goes, I mean, your idea is not a bad idea. Uh, I think this new rule people are excited about right now because they're still prisoners of the moment. They remember what they saw in the playoffs between the Bills and the Chiefs. We might see two or three overtime games this upcoming season for the playoffs, and maybe one's going to have a great finish. You know what I mean? Like maybe one's going to say, hey, I wish we had a little bit more. But I'm telling you, we can see 10 overtime games, and you might remember two as far as I'm concerned. But, again, hey, that's what the NFL does. I'm fine with it. I'm not going to get bent out of shape because they changed the overtime rule. I'm really not. A lot of people are taking it way more serious than I am. I just think that it's silly. It was unnecessary, but that's what they chose to do. So that's what they chose to do. And sooner or later, they'll have it in the regular season as well. That, that's something I do know. So, uh, anyway, it's all good. I do appreciate the call, my man. Thank you so much. Next up, got a text from Raider Matt in the 570. Yo, Q. Love the pod. Keep up the good work, brother. Was wondering with the NFL allowing teams to have alternate helmets again, have you heard anything about the Raiders bringing back the old AFL helmet? I see the Eagles and Bucks are doing it. Thanks for the response. That's from Raider Matt in the 570. And you know what? I haven't. I really haven't. And I've heard people mention it before, like bring back the old AFL helmets, wear the old throwback jerseys every once in a while. I, I don't know if the Raiders plan on doing that or not. I really don't. I think it would be kind of cool to see it every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need it all the time. I don't need them to be one of those teams that has multiple jerseys that they rock all the time. But if they did it every once in a while, I'd be okay with that. Like, one special game during the season, I'd be okay with that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but... I think it'd be pretty cool, especially to see in Allegiant Stadium and, you know, show the new fans of the Raiders, the, the Las Vegas fans that had never been to games outside of last year, just another chapter in Raider history. I think that would be pretty cool. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Raider Ben in Austin, Texas. He's calling to talk about Dave Ziegler and Joshua Daniels, sharing his thoughts on those guys. Here he is, Raider Ben in Austin. Yo, big Raider fan here out in Austin, Texas. I love your show, Q. It's phenomenal. Um, I wanted to talk about Ziegler and McDaniels. Um, love the job they're doing. I think I think the O line will be addressed, especially after the the draft, because you're going to have cuts after that as well. Plus, after the June first cuts, they get an extra twenty million in cap space. So I, I'm pretty sure they're going to address the O line at that point. Not too worried, but the job these guys have done so far, I just think it's been incredible. I mean, you look back, I was not happy with John Green, especially with the draft, especially when you had that kind of draft capital after after Mac was traded, and I was not happy about Mac being traded. And then you go and waste first-round picks, and I'll go back. Not that you waste them, but you just disappoint. And I don't think they were taking the guys that they needed. Pharrell, I mean, come on. The guy's not even going to be on the team. Max Crosby taken in the fourth round. And I believe that that had a lot to do with Mayock and him doing – and those guys picking later in the rounds 
and the late rounds to go ahead and justify those picks. And I, I think they had a lot more control on that. Gruden had the control over the first round. There's no doubt in my mind. But to take somebody like Pharrell in the first round and then to take somebody uh, like Arnett and just blow those picks, I mean, outrageous, bro, outrageous. And so I was not happy. So the day that guy got booted, I was a happy camper. And I know a lot of Raider fans love John Gruden. I wasn't one of them. And I've been a Raiders fan for a very, very, very long time, um, since the 70s, to put it one way. So uh, just keep keep up what you're doing, Q. Uh, love the show and love the Raiders. Bye. There he goes, Raider Ben in Austin. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the comments on the show as well. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I'm very happy by what I've seen from McDaniels and Ziegler. I really am. And, honestly, I think you hit it square on the head. The draft capital, the Raiders wasted away. Those five first-round picks that they had when they traded Khalil Mack and they traded Amari Cooper, they got one guy to show for it. Out of five number one overall picks, our first-round picks, they got one guy, Josh Jacobs. And we all know that the respect that the running backs get across the league is minimal. So they're not going to give the Raiders credit for that. But, man, one out of five actually hit, that's terrible. You cannot do that. That can't happen. If you have five first-round picks, you've got to hit, in my opinion, on at least three. I mean, you really do. You've got to be. If you have the number four, where they have number four, 24, and 28, and then they had number 11 and number 19, and you only got one pick right, come on, man. you got to be able to do better than that. So that's a, a big issue, and I don't think that that's going to be an issue moving forward. And I really wish this had been the regime that had all those picks, all that draft capital, to really see what they could have done if they had it. But obviously, ifs and buts, we all know the rest of the same, right? <laughs> no doubt about it. Thank you again for that call. I appreciate it. Next up, I got a text and then a call, and these kind of both go together. This text is from Raider Eddie in Denver, and he says, My bad, Q. Didn't mean to say the fans shouldn't listen to the podcast. I should have said it's the heavy consumerism of fans that contributes to the high NFL revenues and player salaries. Sorry, Raider Eddie in Denver. No, it's all good, man. I was just giving you a bad time. No sweat. Well, with that being said, the next call comes from Rahul in Seattle. It'll be the last call, and he's actually responding to Raider Eddie's call from the day before about salaries and prices for fans and all that other good stuff. So here's Rahul in Seattle responding to Raider Eddie one more time. Hey, what's up, Q? Uh, I just want to refute uh, Raider Eddie's uh, refutal, uh, whatever you call it, uh, whatever he said about my comment. I got a, I got a little rebuttal for him. Uh, you know, talking about the market and how the market dictates all. Well. You know, that's what Pharma Bro and Enron uh, and companies like that do. You know, they control supply and force demand. And uh, that's exactly why there's antitrust laws and anti-monopoly laws in this country, so that corporations cannot, um, you, know, uh, you know, manipulate price uh, against consumers. Now, people will always say, well, football is entertainment. It's a choice. Okay? And I get that. And I understand that we have a choice to pay for certain things. However... When you look at football in particular, the salaries are rising artificially. They're rising because teams, quote-unquote, want to reset the market, okay? NFL teams that are being run improperly are raising the market for players, and that's why the costs are going up. Costs are going up. That's why Christian Kirk got paid $21 million, okay, because the team is desperate. They, these, these rises are artificial. Uh, we talk about money coming in from, quote-unquote, multiple streams. Every single penny that the NFL makes is from – the consumer. All the TV money comes from the consumer. Any advertising cost that companies make comes because they raise, they raise the price on us for their goods. Every penny 
that anyone in the NFL makes is from the consumer. So that can't be forgotten. And when those costs continue to go up without us being able to improve the quality, improve, uh, you know, get more for our money, that's the problem. Okay, now you can say we continue to pay, we continue to pay. How many people out there paying for NFL tickets will say that was a bargain? How many people who subscribe to Sunday Ticket will say that's a bargain? These prices are expensive. And when you get to the stadiums, you know, the Cowboys are charging $100 for parking. Okay, so these are costs that many of times we go to the game, we don't even know we're going to be paying. Okay, we get there and then we find out. Okay, so that's, these are unethical things that are happening in the game and in economics in general. And we can't just let corporations use supply and demand to exploit the American people. Because if it's not good for, um, you know, if costs are too high, it's not good for America. And these are things that are just bad trends. So, you know, I want to refute the supply and demand argument because I think these costs are being uh, driven up artificially. I think that it's just bad for uh, the people to continue to have to pay these high prices and something has to be changed because it's not good for America. One All right, there he goes. Rahul Seattle, that's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap on that conversation right there because you guys can go back and forth all day and every day and probably all make a bunch of good points. But bottom line is kind of like what Raider Eddie said, and I don't mean to say this and make it sound disrespectful or anything. I mean, you choose to watch football games. You choose to buy the Sunday ticket. You choose to go to games. You choose to have parking passes and all that. And I, I get it. Prices for tickets are too high. Prices for parking passes are ridiculous. I remember when it used to cost $10 to park in the parking lot at the Coliseum. Now you got to buy a parking pass. And that's damn near the price of a ticket, too. I know, it's stupid. But we as fans choose to do it. Nobody's saying you have to go to this game. You have to buy season tickets. You have to get DirecTV. When I bought DirecTV when I was living in Central Texas because I wanted Sunday ticket, that was my choice. I, I didn't have to do that. I chose to do that. So I, did, I spent the money. So, yeah, the prices are out of control but we choose to spend it. You know, I mean, I can make it, I can dumb it down. I choose to put expensive gas in my car because I think it's better for my car. Some folks choose to buy regular gas. It's a choice. It's an option, you know, and right now gas is expensive no matter what you buy, but everything comes with choices. So, I mean, yeah, wherever everything continues to get high and everything is high and it's going to continue to get higher and higher and higher, and that's with everything, it always boils down to a choice. Some people don't even have cable. You know why? Because they don't want to pay the price. And I, I respect that. Some people, my dad doesn't have cable, matter of fact. <laughs> you know what I mean? He gets his sports from me. That's what he does, listening to the radio and podcasts like this one that are free and available on all platforms. <laughs> Another cheap plug for the show. <laughs> hey, man, I got to get my plugs in too, you know what I'm saying? But honestly, like we could all come up with arguments back and forth on this, that, and the other. But bottom line, we all make choices. We decide what we want to spend our money on, what we don't want to spend our money on. And if it puts you out and, you know, puts you in a bad situation, you should make the choice and not do it. Bottom line. So uh, that's what we'll do. We'll end it on that. I mean, like I said, I think you guys could probably go back and forth uh, a few more times, but we don't want to continue to have a super long conversation uh, going in circles. You know what I mean? So uh, thank you for the call, my man. Thank you, uh, Raider Eddie, as well. Definitely appreciate both of your guys' feedback on that subject. Uh, really good stuff. And that's going to do it for today's show. I'm going to go ahead and drop the mic. So appreciate you guys, as always. Appreciate everyone with all their feedback and the constant support of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Again, thank you for making it your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find Find it free and available on all platforms. Always free. If it ain't free, it ain't me. This show's always free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't contributing to no player salaries. This is a free show. 
Just saying, throwing it out there. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back here tomorrow, closing out the week really strong, as we always do. News and notes, calls and texts, plus more conversation on the Lockdown Raider podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. Definitely appreciate you. Till tomorrow, just stay safe, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.